Guess what, Lions? For as little as $5 a month, you can get access to exclusive bonus audio content and help this program grow by joining the Lions of Liberty Pride. To learn more, head over to lionsofliberty.com slash support. Welcome to Electric Liberty Land here on the Lions of Liberty podcast, your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty with your host, Brian McWilliams. All right, welcome to Electric Liberty Land, everybody. This is Brian McWilliams, your loving host. Well, I don't, I don't love you. I don't know you well enough, but you're, uh, let's say, liking host. And this is episode 61, meaning you should go to lionsofliberty.com forward slash ELL61. And yes, I had to re-record this because I messed up earlier. Now, today I have a very special guest. He's been on the podcast before, and we had several requests, believe it or not, to bring him back. People demanded him, and by people I mean I think one person asked specifically <laughs> to get him back on. But it is Lou Perez of We The Internet TV. He is the uh, the head writer and executive producer, making fantastic web content and uh, entertaining slash humorous videos, sniping at the current state of political affairs, as well as being a uh, comedian and part of the comedic duo, Greg and Lou. So, Lou, welcome back, my friend. How's it been? Oh, thank you so much uh, for having me back. And thank you for listening, uh, for uh, answering my request to have me back. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, that, that's the big reveal. That's the big reveal, guys. <laughs> He's a, I was the one asking for myself back. You're like the CIA. You've got the thing where you can make several profiles to go on and you just pester people on their podcast to have you back on via different internet profiles. It's genius, yeah, and really. What, yeah, and what was so, yeah, and, and I kind of made a mistake. I, you know, I, I, I was wearing disguises every single time I wore, I wrote an email. Uh, <laughs> Apparently you didn't see any of the disguises, so that was total waste. Total. No, but you know, you uh, you know, we were just talking before the podcast. You got this picture of your your lovely wife. Are you married or engaged? Engaged. Engaged. We, uh, so we get married in uh in six months. All right. Yeah. Well, see, this is all going to come in handy because you got the costumes. Once the marriage starts getting a little bit boring, that's when the costumes come back into play, and you can write her emails in costume. Well, well, you know, I, I wish that was the case. Um. I um for those of you who've seen my face, I I I wear a beard. Uh, you know that that's basically uh, it's, it's not grown. My, that, it's just it's just always I glued wear on it. every morning. Yeah, yeah, I, I glue it on every morning. And um for the for as long as we've been dating, I've only shaved my beard twice, and Whoa. we've been together for almost five years. Whoa. And I and and those two times when I shaved my beard, I thought, all right, cool. It's like having a new dude. <laughs> and. And she was scared of me. Like she was like a child. Yeah. Like scared of like who is this weird guy with a baby face? That's, and I want my boyfriend back. That's what my wife says. I have the same thing. I've I always have a little bit of a crusty beard, you know, just a little something because I got I'm bald. You actually have hair though, so you know I I have to wear this for a specific reason to give my face some depth and some interest to it. But I uh, I do the same thing. Every time I shave my face, my wife's like. You look like a big, gross baby. And I'm like, I didn't have a beard when you met me. And she's like, well, I don't know what I was thinking because you're disgusting. That's I mean, yeah. her words. Yeah. And, you know, I, I look at her and I, I, you know, I creeped her out and she was not <laughs> attracted at all. She's like, you're not getting any. You're not getting any without a beard. So so I'm keep I'm gluing this sucker on, man, every yeah. morning. I mean, what up. can you do? You can only you have to do what you got to do to keep the woman happy in your life. That's all. That's all it takes. And if, and if growing a keeping a beard is the key to that, then uh, we've we've lucked out for the most part because I know I don't make a ton of money. 
I don't know about oh, you. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, totally. No, and even like uh like um I've I've switched like I switched my diet a little bit. I'm not eating bread and pasta and, and all that. And I've lost some weight. You know, I've dropped like a, a few pounds and she's like, Oh, don't lose too much weight. And it's like, what an amazing I, yeah, what an amazing partner I have where I get to have, you know, some fur on my face and a little bit of, you know, a little bit of uh, fat in my tummy. And she's cool with it. She digs it. She's into it. Have we, well, let me ask you this. Uh, have you seen So I Married an Axe Murderer? Oh, yeah. oh my God. What are, what are one, one of the, the most best. underrated comedies ever. Right, it's great. Awesome. Tommy Shlami, a fantastic writer-director. So uh, I wonder, though, if maybe she's just setting you up and perhaps she is a Black Widow serial killer that has a very specific type and she needs you to be roughly 180 pounds with a beard and she's just kind of waiting and biting her tongue oh, until you and, get and, there. And, and, you know, I have heard her singing, Only You. <laughs> Do you have a giant oversized poster <laughs> of Atlantic City? <laughs> i think i ordered very the, specific in that movie now <laughs> yeah i ordered specific. the large cappuccino <laughs> hello hello wow. oh Mike Myers, where have you been it's you know it's not so often when i can meet another man who can quote so i married an axe murderer <laughs> heed move it's, no it's like an orange on a toothpick ah yeah. such a good movie it's All like right. Well, I guess we should get into some sort of topics, right, of a, sure, of a sure. libertarian slash news cycle. So, you know, I wanted to talk to you and uh, in the preamble, when we were shooting the shit before the show. There's been a couple of things that have happened in, in the news. And obviously, there's a, a horrible shooting, which I talked right. about on my last episode, kind of giving my take on this, uh, the reasonings behind the, why these shootings happen. But we've seen now the aftermath since the shooting, wherein we're learning about the, the police response. We're learning that uh, this, you know, this kid's in the midst of the shooting spree in the school and the first officer on the scene, Scott Peterson, uh, which is kind of, kind of funny. Unfortunate name. Uh, yeah, really don't name your kid. There's, there's Scott Peterson's out there right now, rushing to the courthouse to change their names. Yeah. That much we know all in Minnesota, probably the land of Peterson's. So he's sitting out there, just waiting for four minutes while these children being shot. Then we hear that there's four additional cops outside being shot. So, you know, what are your thoughts on just the shooting in general on, on the response we're seeing from the public? And then, you know, what do we, what what do we do with this? These, we've got a circumstance where cops are sitting outside doing nothing. And meanwhile, people are calling for us to get rid of guns and, and to uh, refusing to arm teachers. So give me your thoughts. Yeah. um, Well, for one, it's, you know, obviously it's, it's, uh, you know, horrific, unfortunate case. And, um, uh, with we, the internet, we have a video, um, about, you know, seven things you should know if you want to have a conversation on gun control. And, uh, we made it a while back and unfortunately, uh, you know, just with the way things go, um, we are able to reshare it. You know, like every, I mean, I, I don't know how, how, however often we're able to reshare it. But, you know, with the with the these conversations that come up, uh, you know, I feel like they're I feel like things have happened. Uh, so, you know, these have happened so much that by now people should have should at least educate themselves on the language when it comes to guns and mm-hmm. at least be able to uh, say specifically what it is that they would like to see happen. Um, if you're moving towards, you know, gun control. OK, what you know, what specifics do you do you want? Yeah. And, you know, something like this just really. Uh, it, it's very unfortunate and it complicates the issue greatly because it shows just so many, um, so many mistakes made leading up to this. You know, when you find out that this, you know, that this kid had 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 the cops called on him multiple times, oh God, yeah, like almost thirty times members, or something, right? Something like yeah. <laughs> 
And you know, it's it's a it's a, a really uh, tough thing there, where it seems like the sheriff uh, used his um, pulpit as a way to you know pass the buck or put blame elsewhere uh, rather than on his own department or you know the uh, his own deputies. And uh, you know that that's very that that's very unfortunate uh, as well. You know, for something that 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 I've kind of been wrestling with. Um, you know, one thing that that I've been wrestling with is. Uh, you know, even though there were all these signs that this kid was, you know, obviously really messed up and was going to go, you know, on this rampage, I do wonder where that falls in on the issues of like civil liberties too, right. because I, I feel like maybe a lot of the s- same people who would say, you know, you're able, you you should have got in there early and you know taking you know taking them t- taking them in or something like that might say like, well, you know, he doesn't mean he doesn't have constitutional rights. So I so that that's a that's a discussion that. Um, I think needs to happen, especially um, moving forward uh, as a country. Yeah. And, I, um, and I've had that same exact thought when I was talking about this issue um, before myself. I was in the middle of a, of a, a epic rant, you know, so it was a one off mm-hmm. comment. But I said that same thing. I was like, you know, I don't want it to be like the U.K., where you see in the United Kingdom, people are literally being arrested for comments they post on social media because they're considered hate speech or this and that. And you go, okay, well, that's that's a, such a violation of civil liberty, liberties, especially when it regards to social media. I'm terrified of that happening. So I can't advocate for the cops to come and kick in someone's door because of what they say online, especially when you know so many people. I mean, it, it, just like with, with gun violence in general, 99.9% of the population is going to say something very stupid on social media. And do nothing about it, uh, whether that's uh, right. and, and it wasn't even, I guess, an outright threat. I believe it was something like I'm going to be you know, I want to be a professional a pro- school shooter. I think, right. Right. Which it could easily be taken in the context of a joke. Um, yeah. You know, like, we're both yeah very dark humor. Very dark. But I mean, easily you could see being on stage and uh, and be like, yeah, you know, what? what's it? How many kids you got to shoot to be a pro? Because I, you know, I could probably take out a few uh, like 12. You know, I could get in the record books, you know, just a very dark joke. And it would it be in good taste? No, but it would still be a joke. And to have somebody be like, okay, well, you're arrested, or now we're going to take away your ability to own guns if we're taking into the mental health side of things, you know, where they get reported by a friend or a uh, family member that says, well, you know what? I, I, he said this thing about shooting kids, and I think he's a danger. Mm. So you lose your Second Amendment rights, which is the path that I worry about it going down. Yeah, and I, I um, David French, who writes for uh, National Review, brought up um, brought up at this point uh, specifically about um, having a, um, a a you know judicial process where family members who are concerned uh, about loved ones possibly you know doing harm to others or or to themselves, it's a way to put them in front of a judge or a magistrate or. Uh, that, that, putting together a, a process where they can be reported to the authorities and, um, you know, they could be held for, you know, 70, 72 hours, or I'm not sure, you know, what it is exactly, but you know, that, that, that also raises, you know, um, questions as, as well as, yeah. um, and I'm not a, obviously I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know, you know, what, what those ramifications would, would be, but you know, another, another thing that, 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 you know, kind of, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, just violence in general and specifically like this gun violence that I've had to, you know, grapple with is just, it's just, um, anyone who thinks that there is a, you know, one answer that's going to protect people, mm-hmm. you know, uh, whether it's more guns, fewer guns, uh, you know, arming teachers and all that, 
uh, I don't know what is the best solution. Yeah. Um, but I do know that uh, I'm pretty sure that there is evil out there, you know, but without lacking a better word to say, you know, a better word to describe it. Yep. There is evil out there. People who are looking to do harm to others. And they're out there now, yeah. right now, today. And a lot of them are armed. Yeah. And well, well, and you, what and do you, you do? look at like, uh, just, uh, sorry, well, sorry, let me finish your thought there. Go ahead. Sure. Okay. Oh, no. And, and, <laughs> and, and, you know, what, what, what is it that, that you do? And, and, um, you know, I, I mean, you would, I, I think you try to prepare yourself, you know, in the, in the best way possible. Um, you know, I happen to think that when it comes to self-defense, I, I think, you know, uh, Guns are seem seem like the best way to defend oneself yeah. um, against uh, against uh, you know threats. So yeah. that's what. I- well, and that's also you look at the ramifications of it. Like whatever action you're going to take, to your point of saying, okay, well, people just want to do something, but they don't know what, they don't understand how it's going to interact. Because you look at these countries that have banned guns, right? And the violent crime rates have not gone down. In fact, a lot of the places they go up. Now, gun deaths go down. You might not have mass shootings, but you do have, you know, like in China, a guy just killed 29 people with a knife, you know, stab attack, 29 dead. So you say, okay, well, we might get rid of a very specific type of crime, which would be great. Nobody wants to see kids get shot. But in exchange for that, we might see a lot more deaths by assault. We might see a lot more deaths by robbery or all these, all these things where guns actually are a good defense mechanism. So what are we trading off is one question. And then I also, um, you know, I was having a little bit of a, a back and forth in our Lions of Liberty forum on Facebook, which is like our group for our uh, listeners. And my, I was advocating that teachers should be armed. I feel like they, they should have guns because even if they aren't going to necessarily shoot and kill the person there, just being able to have the gun is a deterrent just so people know going in, people are armed in this building. So that's going to scare off a lot of people that we would be shooters already. Number two, if there's a modicum of uh, of pushback and defense, and this comes from people that are doing training and and uh, you know are, are professionals. Once people get that that imaginary bubble broken of I'm going to go in and get my revenge and I'm going to kill these people and this is what's going to happen. If there's a, a violent response, if even if it's not even to hit them, just they hear gunfire, they see people are fighting back, then they go and kill themselves or they stop or the at least if nothing else, it's going to stop some some kids from being killed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, on on, um, on Twitter, I think it was Samuel L. Jackson who had a tweet like. Uh, would someone, and I'm paraphrasing, would someone with uh, experience, would someone who's been in a gunfight tell this motherfucker uh, how dumb it is to arm teachers or something like that? And uh, I responded. He didn't respond to me. But my <laughs> response was, uh, you know, basically taking his same exact tweet. Okay, would someone who's been in an actual gunfight, you know, tell this motherfucker the pros of arming teachers? Right. You know, like yeah. if there's a downside, well, what, well, what is the you know, what is the plus side? Well, and, would somebody, uh, here's a counterpoint to that, third counterpoint, would somebody that's been in a gunfight who didn't have a gun, please explain to this motherfucker how he would have liked to have a gun in that situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you're just I mean, getting shot that, at. That, yeah, that, that's the ultimate test, trying to catch a bullet with your, with your hand. <laughs> yeah, with but, your teeth, like in fucking, uh, God, who is that guy? Uh, I can't remember. Fuck it. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, um, but, uh, you know, a, uh, a while back um, when I was hosting co-hosting the podcast on safe space we had an episode about guns and one of the guests that we had on was this young kid uh he was 21 and when he was 12 years old his uh jewish um day camp was shot up 
by a neo-Nazi with an Uzi. Like this was a legitimate, you know, this this guy wanted to kill Jews and went and shot this place up. And, and this poor kid, you know, was shot in the hip. And one detail came out when we were talking about it because he has an amazing story to tell. And the one detail that came out was the guy, um, this monster had originally targeted another another camp. But that camp had armed security. Mm-hmm. So what did he do? Well, he got in his car and he drove down to this other camp. You know, so I think there definitely is an element of deterrence there. You know, and uh, I feel like even the suggestion that arming teachers, you know, putting that out there, of course, people need to uh, pick it apart um, and, you know, take it to the extreme. Like, oh, they're just going to give every teacher a gun as opposed to, well, you know, they'll probably give teachers guns who uh, want to have a gun yeah. or want to have that training or or have, you know, possibly have training themselves, uh, you know, ex-military or police or, or, or something like that. But it is, you know, it's sort of like, like at the point, like, like I said before, you know, we know right now there are people out there who are looking to do harm to people. They're out there. They're looking to do harm. And for me as, you know, as a, as a future parent, you know, hopefully I don't have to, you know, think about this shit. But if I'm thinking about, if I'm having kids going to school today, well, I'm definitely thinking about that yeah. because, you know, I don't know how you, how you can't, think about that what is the best way to uh to deal with someone who's coming in open opening fire right well to have have a gun to shoot back right it Uh, it seems obvious and there's and there's people who are saying well why do we just have more armed guards there but i mean i know there was there was i i believe an armed guard at the school who who uh didn't respond but i I heard i heard of that yeah i'm not sure that he also didn't respond but i mean i i think about my school growing up and mm-hmm. my graduate, I, and I just noticed because I just got invited to my 20 year reunion. And so I know exactly how many people were in the graduating class. And so he posted it was like 786, right? Wow. So he, a huge school. That's just my class. Yeah, yeah. So, and I know how many, you know, truancy officers we had. And they, and I don't even believe they were armed. This is growing up in uh, outside of Philadelphia in a suburb, but maybe they had a gun in their car. But if somebody goes into any of the 12 entrances to the building and just starts shooting, it, they're they're not going to be there in time to to stop you know fifteen kids from being killed off the bat if they're even up to it you know a lot of these guys this is their you know that's not their, their primary job or they're just kind of in it for the you know it's a cushy job and they're not they don't have to do much most of the time so wouldn't you want the most people available to be able to return fire and I you know I've heard some arguments people say well you know the adrenaline's so strong to shoot people and how do you know you're gonna, you're going to miss and and like I said earlier my argument's just. You don't even have to hit a man. Just knowing that there's a gun, just making shoot the gun in the air from your classroom just to let them know there is a gun here that can shoot back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just the response to this where people are going like, oh, that's crazy. It's like hey, they don't even want to consider it. And to me, anything that is going to be a reasonable deterrent to this happening, you know, let's say instead of having 10 school shootings a year, we go down to two. That seems like a pretty good improvement. And I don't think there's going to be teachers, you know, randomly murdering children because they could do that right now. You know, I don't think they're going to, going to snap because well, now they have the gun. So they're going to well, start they wanna, shooting kids they want, in the head. They want to have sex with them first, if we're being honest. Well, you know, they want to make sure. Or they, after. Let's not sell them short on that, their psychosis. That's true. I mean, you, got, you got both sides of the – you can make uh, both sides of the cookie there. Um, <laughs> well, what do you think about the the survivors going on their media tour right now? Um. Well, uh, 
uh, a buddy of mine, uh, David Marcus, uh, who writes for the Federalist, he wrote a, a piece about uh, uh, about them in particular. And uh, one of the things he brought up is, you know, they're parading these kids, you know, taking them all around. And, you know, who's going to have the heart to tell them, like, it's not going to work, you know, like what, what, you know, so so there there is that element there. There's the other element that that's a little weird is is just how photogenic they are, yeah. you know, and just how polished. And um, uh, I think David Marcus actually had a had a, a line in his piece about that, about, you know, this is a generation that's been brought up on social media, Instagram and you know, forget about Facebook. Right. Snapchat. They know they know the faces to make, and they're on the Ellen uh, Snapchat filter. And on it. well, it's also like, yeah, there's. I think there's like there's a white boy. Is there a black girl, and then like a a shaved head girl in the middle? Yeah, I think. I, think, I mean, I it, think is like Addis, like it is like It is. I'm not saying they're crisis actors, uh, but you know what? If they oh, are, please don't say that. Please I'm don't not, say they are. I'm not. I, but and look, <laughs> and if they use crisis actors, fine. Just make sure that they're union. You know, <laughs> got people. <laughs> no scabs. No, no, no scabs. Yeah. No non-union here in, in L.A. Anyway, but um, but yeah, it's like it does look like they're straight out of Central Casting. But it just yeah, going out and seeing these kids parading around and doing this whole i mean they're on every show and it's yeah. like didn't you guys just live through a murder because they look like they're having a wonderful time as well which well, is yeah, a little weird. Well, well yeah they're, they're you know they have like blue checks and stuff like that and i'm not coming down on on these these kids at all it's more of uh definitely the news media around them right, yeah and, and and their parents too you know uh definitely have a say in this i mean the idea of putting your you know your kids out there and and getting some kind of cele- you know celebrity off of this is a it's a little ghoulish right and, exactly uh, and shouldn't they be in counseling or something you know they, well, they this happened they that. immediately were out on uh, on the media tour it's like shouldn't you have some time to process maybe grieve a bit if you knew them uh you know take time with your family with your community and they're just like nope get them out there and these kids could not be happier to do it i'm not saying i'm sure that's not the entire school that feels necessarily the same way they do but my god i mean this i you can't look anywhere without these kids making these bold statements and uh, the rallying cry for the anti-gun left. Yeah. Were, um, were any, were any of the kids like, like, um, who were shot? Like, are they, you know, going in front of the cameras or anything like that? Not I don't, that I've you know, seen. Is, yeah. Not that I've yeah. seen yet. Anyway. Cause, cause if you think about it, those are the kids you want to hear from, like yeah. those are the hardcore kids, you know, now I, you know, I, I think what's going to be really uh, bad is like, there's going to be some amount of infighting where it's like, well, you were actually, you know, uh, three buildings over from yeah. the actual shooting. And you're yeah. just here because you're so photogenic or because you shaved your head. That's why they want, <laughs> yeah. that's why they want you, uh, you know, so and stuff like that, you know, in a, in a dark, um, you know, dark comedy universe, you know, that, that stuff is, is definitely there, but you know, you know, m- more than anything though, it's, it's sort of like, you know, these kids obviously went through this, you know, this horrible, horrible experience and, um, uh, I could only imagine what that you know must be like, but it doesn't make them qualified to talk about anything, right? You know, I, was, I mean, I, mean it, I don't know if you've seen this meme, but it was one of the funniest memes I've seen about it. It was just, uh, it was something with like The Rock in a taxi cab. I have no idea what movie it was. Something with a kid in the back seat, but the uh, the rocks in the front. And he goes, "So your kid's still eating those Tide Pods?" And then from the back seat, the kid goes, "No, no, now we're experts on gun control." And then he's like, "What?" But that's really right. what it is. It's like you, the same generation was literally, literally eating fucking Tide Pods. And now they're telling us about gun rights. And also, I here's what I don't get either is these, these kids are coming across as like they know everything that, that should be done. The, the one kid, David Hogg, uh, I think it's Hogg or Hag, 
he's out there saying, well, I don't, you know, I don't blame the, uh, the cop because he's going up against an AR-15. You know, he just was doing what anybody would expect him to do. Where if it was me, I'd be like, where was that motherfucker with his gun saving my life, saving my classmates' lives? Like this kid, right. I, I, that's where I wonder how much influence people have had around him on his talking points. Cause you're excusing the police for not fucking saving people in this school. Right. I mean, come the yeah. fuck on. Yeah. And, and that's the thing where, you know, you, you know, taking what the kid is saying as opposed to like aiming it at the kid, you know, uh, mm-hmm. himself. And, and he's in a weird, weird position. And I, and I don't doubt that, you know, there are people like, okay, we want you to, you know, talk about this and talk yeah. about that, you know, kind of, you know, there must be some kind of like media. Oh, he's getting media, um, training, media coaching. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, without a doubt. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, man, it's, uh, it's a, it's a really, really weird, weird thing. I, I forget what I was going to say. I don't oh, know if I had a- well, I'll tell you what, let me, uh, you could compose your brain. Cause I'll oh, take oh, oh, a quick, oh, this is the one thing I was going to okay, say. Go, go for it. I, Cause that, I was going to say, you know, to, to the same, you know, to the same uh, point of like, this is a generation of kids who are eating like Tide Pods, you know, one response that I've, that I've had a couple of times on like social media is, you know, people were talking about how brave this generation of kids are, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, you know, the shooter was from the same generation, right? Yeah, like, you know, it's, it, it's sort of like that same generation also produced this piece of shit. Right. You know, right. Uh, so let's not, I don't know. And I wonder, you know, I, the last podcast I did about this, I yeah, basically I'd thrown out the theory that this is, uh, you know, it, it's all cultural leading to this. It's nothing that's happening in regards to gun availability and, and psychotropic drugs may have something to do with it. I'm not sure if this current shooter had any psychotropic drugs in his system or not, but I was looking at, you know, just the base causes. And for me, it seems like it's a cultural thing. It's kind of, it's rooted in the way children are raised. It's raised in this protectionist environment where, they're just kind of coddled where, and then it's combined with social media where you're depressed looking at other people's lives, living a certain way. Uh, and these p- kids just have no way to, to deal with adversity. They don't know where to turn when their lives don't turn out the way that they've been promised to by this, uh, this new wave of, you know, you're a very special person and everything's going to be great for you. And there's no conflict in your life growing up. So when they do go wrong, they see what other people have done on the media and then they just kind of snap. So I don't know. What are your What are your thoughts on on the underlying causes of this? I mean, do you have any theories? Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I, I don't want to you know speak uh, um, you know speak too much on it because I'm I'm still you know trying to you know just think it over. But I've been reading. Um, uh, Jordan Peterson has a book, uh, Twelve Rules for Life. I need to get that book. I heard it's oh, yeah, fantastic. It's, yeah, it's it's real. It's uh, it's been a great read. I'm I'm about like two thirds in. And in one of the chapters, or maybe a, maybe a couple of the chapters, he brings he talks about uh, the Columbine shooters, you know, and that's going way back, you know, to when you know you and I were probably in, in high yeah. school. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, he said if you read their writings, you know, and I don't know if they wrote together or it was you know uh, separate their diaries, but there's a lot of stuff like human beings don't deserve to live. I want to kill humanity. I want to mm-hmm. kill everyone. And there's this nihilism there and you wonder how do you get, how do you get down there? And I think it's, um, you know, it's gotta be a, uh, a painful process to mm-hmm. be able, you know, to be so, uh, disillusioned and to have so much hate that, it, that, it, that it drags you down there and, um, you know, to, to want to destroy humanity. Um, and then that's what, you know, I'll, you know, I'll use the word evil and, you know, it's, it, it's out there and, um, 
you know, <clears throat> I, I think a big, a big, uh, a big thing is that at least that I'm, you know, sort of uh, grappling with, and I've used the word grappling quite often. Uh, oh, don't worry. I say, but, I say the phrase and again about 17, 18 times a podcast, and I want to kill myself every time I say it. So please grapple away. A quick note, my computer completely froze right in the middle of this conversation with Lou. So a quick break, and now here we go right back into it. Yeah, that was weird. It just all of a sudden completely froze, and then it was all shitted up. So now it sounds fine again. There we go. You know, Skype just doesn't want the truth, man. That's That's what it it is. It's the the fibbies getting in here and fucking with our shit. (laughs) All right, so for the third time now. (laughs) For the third time, Lou's grappling with something. What's he grappling with, man? It's the best Uh, cliffhanger I've ever seen. Uh, well, we'll just, you know, just trying to understand my own capacity or, you know, or all of our own capacity to do harm to others, you know, to hurt others in our relationships, to strangers and all that. And not, not just in physical ways, but, you know, emotional ways and, and all that. And, um, you know, trying to, uh, trying to do as much good as you possibly can, mm-hmm. you know, while, while you're here and, and, and getting yourself off of, the path towards nihilism and all that. Yeah. And, and, you know, you, um, I've experienced it myself, you know, times where, uh, you know, years back or whatever, where things are, seem to be on a down spiral and they just keep spiraling and spiraling and spiraling. And, you know, I was lucky to get out of that, you know, but there are other people who aren't, you know, as, as lucky or fortunate to get out of that or yeah. have the will or someone to pull them out, uh, out of that, you know? So, um, well, I don't, I don't know. It seems yeah, like there's less uh, – and this is where I, I, I do think social media has plays a component in, in what's happening, uh, not just because of what's shared, but because I do feel that people's interactions are distanced now. Like it's not the same yeah. as when we were growing up and because people they, – they do have a wall, and people, while people might interact more by posting and liking and, um, and texting – like you text people far more often than you would speak to them on the phone, uh, probably yeah. when we were growing up. However, right. I do feel like there's been a, a technological wall that's put up between people and the and, and the individual interaction, the closeness, uh, that feeling like you're talking about humanity and then you know the nihilism and being distanced from humanity and wanting to to end humanity is what the Columbine kids were saying, and this is back then. Right. I feel like that's even more pronounced now because of this distance. People, uh, even though we're more social, we are also far more self-segregated in that way and don't know how to interact with people one-on-one like we used to be able to do. Oh, totally. I can't tell you how many times I've had like a, you know, a, a Twitter beef, mm-hmm. you know, that I probably started, <laughs> you know. And, you know, it gets to the point where after a few, you know, back and forth where I'm like, where the person says something and I'm like, Oh shit. Thank you for reminding me that I'm speaking to another person on the end of this. Right. And how important that is. And my, my fiance gets so annoyed with me. She's like, You always do that. You always do that. You get into this big fight, and then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, you're my, I, we have a, we share a common humanity. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> She's like, Just stop doing it. You know, this is adorable. And, it's like you're on cocaine all the time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and, you know, and it's something that I need to, you know, need to, you know, remind myself, yeah. uh, too. And, and it makes, you know, social media makes it so easy yeah. for that not to be the case, especially if you can be anonymous. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, that's the thing that, uh, that, that kind of, uh, you know, gets me and that I kind of, you know, laugh about. It's like, oh, well, obviously you're saying this stuff to me because I, no one knows who the hell you are. Right. You know, um, I mean, the one thing that I have that I have is, you know, uh, 
my Twitter account is, you know, I'm Lou Perez on Twitter. That's my picture. Mm -hmm. And if I say some dumb shit, it's going to come back to me. And, you know, same thing on Facebook and, and all that. Um, that I have to answer, you know, for, you know, what I put out into the world. See, I'm lucky uh, in that my, uh, so I'm, I'm at Brian McWilliams on Twitter, which you think, right. you know, I'm, I'm out there, but there is fortunately for me, a guy that comes up, if you Google Brian McWilliams, who wrote a book on spam email. So I think that guy's probably getting a lot of people just coming to <laughs> at him with a lot of shit that I'm supposed to be getting. So hopefully he doesn't die anytime soon. Cause I need him to keep absorbing that. Right. <laughs> Well, tell you what, let's take a quick commercial break and then uh, come back. We were talking a little bit about dark comedy. I want to come back and talk a little bit to wrap up the end of the guns uh, conversation because I do feel there's some dark uh, comedic undertones to these, uh, the way the sheriff's handling things and then get into a little bit of, uh, of other comedy that's going on in the world. So we'll be right back with more Lou Perez of We the Internet TV in just a moment. Hey, guys, you might remember that I recently said that this is the libertarian moment. And that we need more people to stand up and run for office. Now, if you're tired of watching Liberty erode and you plan to stand up and run for office, I want you to call on a team that has over 20 years experience, Global Alliance Communications. They specialize in data analytics, identifying and mobilizing voters. They offer live voter outreach, data acquisition, compliance, recorded messages, text messaging with full social media touchpoints and teletown halls. Campaigns of all types and sizes are encouraged to reach out, and you can find out more by visiting their website at www.gacigroup.com or email info at gacigroup.com. Welcome back, guys. We are here with Lou Perez of We the Internet TV. I am your beautiful host, Brian McWilliams, as always. And a reminder that you can find all the show notes for today's episode over at lionsofliberty.com forward slash ELL61. I said 60 at the top of the show. I'll have to fix that. <laughs> um, and I'll have some links there to, uh, to lose videos. We'll put a couple of them up there so you can find that and, uh, and watch all of We the Internet TV's wonderful, wonderful content. So that's weird. Can you see me right now? No, no. So it's weird. all good though. Don't worry there we go. It. My, my Skype's we... being crazy, man. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm talking to Lou here, and, and usually I just do it audio or using video. And all of a sudden, it just cuts to two pictures of Lou. And I was like, is Skype trying to tell me something? <laughs> I am you. I'm inside <laughs> you right now. Oh, you blow <laughs> Get out of mind. my head. <laughs> so. Uh, we mentioned dark comedy and, and we are talking about a very dark subject here, which is, uh, you know, it, it's hard to make the lighter side of children dying. Um, but I'll take a stab at it. Not a bad pun since they were shot. Um, so we're, you know, one of the things that I couldn't help, but just kind of shake my head and, and, uh, darkly chuckle at was watching the sheriff of Broward County where the shooting took place watching the way this man is interacted with the media. Because as we said earlier in the show, he had a deputy sit there and let children get shot. Then he had four more deputies sit there and just cower behind cars as children were continuing to be shot before even going in and like trying to pull out survivors or anything. And then when he's questioned by the media and called out by people for the inaction of his cops, for him himself failing to, uh, to train them or to take the correct action to prevent this, he passes the buck and... In this latest interview I saw, it was uh, like, I think with Jake Tapper or something like that. He literally, he's like, well, don't you feel like you should have done this? And if you had done something else, you could have saved lives. And he literally goes, 
<laughs> if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, O.J. Simpson would still be in the record books. <laughs> and I, I look at that, and I can't help thinking of, you know, the kind of content you put out, Lou, uh, with We the Internet TV. And, like, this is, like, the worst, you know, cops episode ever where you're just shooting an episode following the cops around. And they're just sitting behind the car as children are dying as you hear the Bad Boys theme song. And then you have this cop do his uh, Reno 911-esque <laughs> press conference so i mean what what are your thoughts on this man are we have, has the world gone so mad that that satire doesn't have a, a place anymore how do we how do we parody the uh the uh what is parody well well it definitely makes me wonder if he if if that was like his planned statement he's like <laughs> this is this is the one this is the one that's going to set everybody straight he's guys. got a whole this room of writers in the back jewish and irish writers are uh, lined up there <laughs> jewish and irish like he's like uh, you know he was like hey maybe i should go with uh crisscross applesauce <laughs> hmm, i don't know if that if that's gonna you know if that's gonna work if wishes hey, for know, horses some- beggars wouldn't shoot your children that's a that's <laughs> another killer was that another well with uh well, I think people are, you know, doing a great job as far as the memes go. Because th- didn't this uh, county have like a a sheriff's office have a Lamborghini? Yes, or like yes, that? did you they see did. that? Like, yeah, good oh, use of taxpayer money. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Yeah, and I, and I wonder, like, you know, was that was that gotten through like civil asset forfeiture and uh, probably right? Florida, uh, I, I think Florida's pretty high up on the list. Is it? Is Jeff? I uh, know Jeff Sessions from Alabama, right? Because I know. Sessions is a huge fan of civil asset forfeiture. Uh, I remember one press conference he had where he was crowing about it. So yeah, probably probably uh, a drug dealer. Maybe it was like a uh, cannonball run where they're racing across the border in the Lamborghini and they seized it. But then, you know, what I wonder now is they've got this Lamborghini. You know, the clue that the first cop was on there in plenty of time. Did he get to the scene in the Lamborghini? In the Lamborghini, yeah, it's like a Lamborghini and wraparound shades that, he, that he's wearing. <laughs> Something like that. Well, I think, you know, just talking about, I mean, I mean, this is a little bit, you know, beyond parody, but um, I think Ben Shapiro brought up a really good point. He's like, I am not going to turn over my weapons to this kind of law enforcement. Right. It's like you're not making a case, guys. You know, you're like the idea that, you know, citizens at large believe that you're going to be the ones to protect them when here's one where you definitely didn't protect anybody, you know, so, you know, so, so having that argument, uh, right there is a, is a little, uh, uh, is a little ridiculous. And then also I think it's, wasn't there like a Supreme court case that ruled that police aren't, uh, necessarily obligated to save you. Like you can't sue a cop if they are there. Yes. The answer to that is yes, they did. And which makes, it seems like it makes no sense whatsoever because if that's your single duty, that's your job. I mean, like if you were in a, like if you're in a nuclear power, I guess they can't get sued. I guess they just get fired. So I guess in a way it makes sense, but it's a, you know, the reasonable expectation is that you people have this power, uh, and they have a hell of a lot of power, uh, very much of an undeserved and, uh, I would say unconstitutional, but they do have a hell of a lot of power. But, you know, as the exchange for that power, you are expected to at least stop people from murdering us. Is that too right. much to ask from our police? And also now, you know, they they don't have a private police force, which I, uh, I am an advocate for. So you can't even get rid of the sheriff. They can't make him resign. The guy has to resign. They have to vote or him out in X number of years. Vote him out, right? Yeah, right. You have to vote yeah, him out. Yeah, what is that? Well, I mean, I I, I want to see those campaign posters that, you know, the guy <laughs> running against him is going to have because he's going to have a field day, man, with all those, you know, little, you know, all those rhymes that he can come up with. Um, uh, I know we're both trying to think of a good rhyme right now to get the vote out. And neither of us. No, I wish it. I wish I was better at uh, at rhyming. 
<laughs> I wish I was better at rhyming, man. I'm trying to think of something that'll rhyme with uh, children dying, but uh, I can't really think of anything right now. Hmm. Children dying, but I'm rhyming. I mean, maybe that's. Uh, yeah, it's. I don't think it's going to sell the candidate, but uh, yeah, something will work. We'll, we'll get it by the end of the show, I'm sure. Maybe we'll tune in. We're going to do a little pride bonus segment after this. Well, that's when we break out the real rhymes. Lou and I are professionals here. We know you make the people pay for the good content. That's when you're going to get the real good, funny rhymes about children dying and getting the vote out for the new sheriff, guys. So you got to pay for that. <laughs> but it is. It, but it is truly. You could not think of something more ridiculous than all these people advocating for for Second Amendment uh, confiscation and uh, to eliminate people's ability to own guns and and rein in and and have all these gun control measures pushed through as we do, as you said, look at cops completely failing to do the job of the people that would be there as the first responders to protect us. Like it just you can't write it better. Yeah. And, and, you know, and it, it's, you know, just another example of, you know, you, you really can't rely on on these institutions and, uh, anymore, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, uh, as as you know, and, and I'm, uh, I might, you know, be in the uh, in the minority here. You know, I, I do believe that, you know, there are cops out there who do, you know, really incredible stuff and, and really, you know, help people and 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 do rush into those buildings and, and uh, when 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 it's needed. Um, but yeah, it seems like, you know, there is like a real, uh, a real breakdown of these institutions and it's just so apparent now, you know, yep. it's just in the open and it's, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's chaotic. Um, you know, so that it is. And as well, we'll see what happens in the shakeout. I, you know, they, they're going to make some sort of, uh, consolatory maneuvers. You know, Trump's talking about banning bump stocks. Who gives a shit? Uh, I don't think anybody in the United States has even heard of a bump stock before Vegas. And, um, I don't know. I saw a bill that to rein in semi-automatic rifles, which I also don't support. And I think that many people use these same rifles to hunt and they're perfectly legal to, co- to try to confiscate them. Now there's, o- there's over a million of the AR style rifles out there anyway. Mm-hmm. So you're just going to make a million people into, you know, fugitives from justice overnight. Like, you know, yeah. Give me a break. Yeah. And, 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 uh, you know, th- this goes back to the, uh, you know, the video I made, like, you know, seven things you need to know before talking about gun control, which I Even will, that, I will share that on the page. Oh, I'll, please I'll do. find it and, and share it. Thank you. And I, and I get to, yeah, and I get to, uh, you know, do the, uh, official, uh, c- uh, correction. Uh, here I am making a video telling you, this is the stuff you should know before talking about gun control. <laughs> and I fucked up. I, <laughs> I end up, I end up, uh, using the wrong definition for assault rifle. Uh-huh. I mixed it up with assault weapon. So assault rifle is a real thing. Assault mm-hmm. rifle is, is able to go, you know, uh, fully automatic, semi-automatic. It can, you know, you can convert, you know, between those, uh, uh, assault weapon is more of a nebulous, right? It's a made up term. Yeah. It, it's a made up term. Uh, assault weapon is the one that looks scary. And, uh, you know, uh, but for the most part, the video is doing really well. It's, it's, you know, getting a lot of, a lot of love and a bump from like Steven Crowder shared it and, yeah, nice. and all that. That's great. And, and I like, I like when people are like, Hey, you know what? I like the video, but actually, uh, you're talking about, you know, assault weapon, you're not talking about assault rifle. And, yeah. and when I can, I say, totally right, dude. Uh, we, you know, made the correction in the, in the description of the YouTube video, but, but, you know, even something like that, like you just said, you know, wanting to ban, you know, the AR style, uh, you know, rifles, you, what you're asking, you know, what you're calling for is to, you know, basically criminalize millions of 
people without criminal records in the United, mm. you know, in the U.S. Um, unless those are those weapons become, you know, grandfathered in, in which case it's not a ban because those weapons right, they're still are out still, there. Still, still out there. But if you're going, uh, if you're going to make a law, you got to be as specific as possible on the law. And I think that's a big problem mm-hmm. uh, with over, um, you know, over legislating uh, in in general, and uh, where, you know, if you have too many laws where a law is, you know, just uh, not pinned down enough, uh, it's not a good law to have, you know, it, and, uh, and that's the thing, like, if you're going to be, if you're going to be affecting people's lives, you got to be as specific as possible. You got to know what, the, what you're talking about, because there are people, you know, there are lives, uh, that, you know, hang in the balance. Yep. Uh, and you, and as we've seen that in the mainstream media, people clearly do not know what they're talking about. Uh, over and over again, you see people referring to weapons, completely wrong, uh, descriptions, calling everything, you know, they, uh, blankets, like we're talking about assault weapons. I know, uh, Don Lemon had done it, uh, very blatantly saying that he went in and bought an assault rifle. And you're like, well, no, you didn't. You didn't buy, yeah, you know, you I bought an automatic not. weapon. You're like, no, you didn't. Cause you can't buy an right. automatic weapon. Right. Yeah. You know, so it's just like, yeah, people just, they, they simply want to get their opinion out without actually knowing the facts, without actually knowing the, uh, what the, the law is on the books at the moment. So mm. yeah, what can you do? Um, what you can what, you do? One more thing I want to talk about because, sure. uh, and I was I desperately, I apologize to my audience. I was desperately trying to pull audio to use in this clip. So we're just going to have to talk through it and I'll describe this, but you may have already seen this, this bit and it was on vice news, which uh, side note, what the fuck has happened to vice? I, I, do you remember vice magazine when it was, uh, you know, 15 years ago when it was, Truly a glorious shit stirrer of a magazine. It wasn't political. It was more just goofy, satire, and interesting feature stories. And now it just seems to be a stick circling around a very select group of assholes on the left. Like, I, what the fuck has happened to Vice, man? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I remember it was like, you know, Vice is running another. Like, you know, I went to the, uh, do, uh, you know, uh, the Westminster uh you know, dog show on LSD. Like there was like a yeah. lot of stuff, you know, a lot of <laughs> stuff like that. And there was, you know, skate, you know, skate culture mm-hmm. and street street fashion and uh, definitely had a, you know, a punk rock uh, yeah. feel to it. I, I guess, you know, maybe, it, maybe what happened was, you know, as, as I think happens a lot is those founders, um, I th- except for, you know, Gavin McInnes, yeah, McInnes, yeah. Uh, McInnes, excuse me. Um, they grew up. And they they said, "Wow, we have this you know multi million dollar platform, and this is what we believe in politically. So yeah. we're going to use our platform to spout what we think is important." And uh, but but uh, but yeah, I, I think a lot of the a lot of the uh, you know identity politics stuff is just a, it's just. I, I just consider identity politics gross. Too. Uh, it's disgusting. And, and you know, it's funny. I'm watching right now, and uh, I'll get into this, what we're going to talk about in just a second. But I was watching Vice, the channel. You know, it's like their dedicated channel on cable now on my TV. And Always Sunny in Philadelphia is on, right? Uh, which is one of the least PC, greatest shows ever created. You know, does not give a fuck. Take shots everywhere. Just horrible people doing horrible things. And it's hilarious. And in between, sandwiched in between every episode are these little vice vignettes wherein they're just doing the stupidest, most most uh, identity politicking, progressive, leftist, PC bullshit. And I'm like, how do you guys not see the irony here? You're running the most un-PC show, what is comedy should be, and then you're, you're sandwiching it in between just 
leftist propaganda about thought control, about don't say this, about uh, cultural appropriation, all this other horseshit. Right. Right. So it's almost like you almost expect like between an episode of It's Always Sunny for them to do an expose on how It's Always Sunny didn't have enough people of color in the right, cast yeah. or, or, you know, something like that. How Jiminy Cricket, you know, Rickety Cricket was homeless and we need to talk more about the homeless problem in America. Yeah, exactly, man. So <laughs> so talking about this identity politics, Vice News, which is on HBO, they had a segment wherein they profiled this women's retreat and it was an all-black no whites allowed women's retreat that took place uh, in the Dominican Republic. So was it was it the DR or was it uh, Costa Rica? Oh, I'm sorry, it's Costa Rica. You're right. My Costa bad. Rica. Costa Rica. So they're they're doing this whole segment, and it's you know a group of uh, probably ten to fifteen black women, and of course the retreat costs you know two thousand plus dollars to go to. So it's not cheap. Yeah. You got to fly there. It costs a lot of money to do it. But just the statements in this piece were so hilarious because. It's a profile on women who wanted to get away from racism and get away from white people and get away from segregation who are opting to segregate themselves voluntarily. And then throughout the entire piece are just literally saying that they are uh, interpreting microaggressions from white people, uh, even though they haven't said anything. They, you know, perfectly nice, hadn't said anything, but they were interpreting microaggressions and stuff. They had to cut white people out of their lives. And I mean, I got a bunch of notes, but I want to hear Lou's uh, thoughts on it first before I, I read off some of this litany of notes I made watching this video. Uh, yeah, well, uh, well, I think one of the details was that the um, – the hotel or or the villa wherever they were was owned by a by a white couple, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Something like that. So they're owned by white, so they can't even get away from white people in you know Costa Rica. Well, and I love that uh, they're, the fact that they're writing. They're like they go up to these white people. They they hated whiteies, and they go, "Hey, we want to run a no whites allowed black women's retreat on your property. Do you mind?" And they were like, "Yeah, yeah, okay, go ahead." But you know, but they got to escape the uh, the intolerance that's going on. I just thought that was well, too good. <laughs> well, well, also, I think I think one of the one of the women who was uh, running it, um, she was starting, she was building her own, you know, sort of retreat, uh, like bought her own land, is going to build that up, and it's like, hey, man, if there's a market for it, you know, go for it. Yeah. But it, I, I don't know how many uh, people, you know, how many you know black women out there who are, you know trying to get away from white people who also have two grand to go <laughs> and spend to fly down to Costa Rica and do yoga and yeah. burn incense and all that shit and commiserate with their, you know, with their fellow ladies about it. You know, that might be a very niche market. Yeah. Uh, that <laughs> definitely might be a niche. Uh, in a way, like I, I uh, you know, I, I kind of wish that vice had sent like, just a white reporter. I mean, that would have been pretty cool. <laughs> just to just see to them like, just get so angry about the yeah, being just, there. <laughs> to get so angry. It's like, oh my God, you are ruining my fucking vacation <laughs> right, right now. Um, but also, you know, I, I think just in general, it, it seemed like, you know, here was just a group of people who I, I, I can't imagine anyone wants to hang out with them. Like, right. it's just, you know, the, like, there were no dudes there either. You know, there was no, you know, no dude scope. It was no like Stella got a groove back or anything like right. that. Well, you know, um, it's, it was like some of those things where they go, you know, this one uh, woman from Nebraska, she's like, well, I live in a red state. So you never know. You know, I, I don't know what people are always thinking about me and thinking about my race. So even though she's, you know, she's just presuming that people are considering her racist. So it gives you the idea of like these people are are actively looking for racism, uh, it seems to me. 
And then they started giving some of these crazy things. Like one person, she's like, well, you know, people always are telling me you look really pretty for a black girl. And I'm like, people might think that, but nobody's saying yeah, that to you. Someone's saying that to her. No. Yeah, yeah, that was really weird. <laughs> I think um, there's a, a, a YouTuber named uh, Matthew Christensen. I don't know if you know Matthew Christensen. But... Uh, I think I, yeah, actually I do know. I'm familiar with him. Yeah, so he did a sort of like a uh, you know a breakdown of the of the video, and and one of the things that he pointed out, I guess you know, in regards to the woman in in Nebraska, was that you know the you know the crime rate and stuff like that, you know, comparing Nebraska say to you know a heavily populated you know Illinois or something like that, like she's far less likely to be assaulted mm-hmm. in Nebraska than in a you know in a in a bigger metropolitan area or but, Costa you know, Rica for that matter or Costa Rica yeah I mean I have no clue how Costa Rica you know I hear, hear the surfing is really good but yeah, uh I hear the drugs yeah. are great and the surfing is good but I'm sure like you'd be less much less safe in Costa Rica and also I'm sure if you went up to a lot of people in Costa Rica and you're like all right here I'm a, I live in like you know, one woman's from like New York City and she's like she's like oh whatever let's say you're uh, an ad executive in New York City and you went up to anybody in Costa Rica and be like hey you want to switch and you come to New York City and you know you make this money and you might meet a person once in a while that tells you you're kind of pretty for a black chick they'd be like yeah yeah sign me up I'll sign, sign me up I'll do <laughs> first plane first plane you come you come crack coconuts for a while over here and I'll I'll go live your life in New York City yeah I, someone else but someone else had pointed out I'm not sure uh, I forget uh, who it was but you know there are a lot of countries with that are predominantly black, that, yeah. you know, you can, you go to, you know, I mean, uh, if that, you know, if that's your thing, if that's your kink, right. that's what, uh, if, that, if that's what, uh, what you're into. Well, they called but, um, them out on that. The one, the reporter to her credit, I'll give the, the reporter credit for at least, you know, this is a fairly fawning piece, but, uh, they did ask her, you know, when this woman who owns the place had said, well, you know, I just want to have a safe space where black people can just be alone and no white people are here. And, you know, they leave, give us our space and they could go be in their space. And she's like, well, yeah, but that's what Richard Spencer wants and the alt-right wants. So how is it, you know, is how is that different? Is this the same thing? And she was like, well, that doesn't have anything to do with us. This is about healing our community or some bullshit. Which oh. is, I, like, I don't know how you mentally, it, you know, you, you leapfrog around the fact that you're literally advocating for the same thing that you would decry as racist by a, a Richard Spencer. Yeah, yeah, the the whole uh, uh, ethno state, you yeah, know, sort right. of thing, and yeah, and I, I feel like um, I feel like most people, um, most of the figures who I, I see calling for an ethno state of any ethnicity are people that I have no desire no. to live next to. You know, it's like I have no desire to live next to uh, Richard Spencer or you know anybody else. No, and, and meanwhile, like I, if they want to do this. You're not. If you're not bothering me, if you're not uh, aggressing against me, if you're not doing anything violent go go do it i mean like you know richard spencer if you want to go live with all white people in the middle of fucking utah somewhere go do it man i don't give a shit you know as long as you're not fucking with anybody else go do it if these you know these women want to do this go do it but i just can't get around the the just i mean this literally was i was watching this and i was like this is a we the internet tv video (laughs) right like the one where you were talking about i think it was uh you were talking about the war state, which I love. One of your best videos I've seen is the war state and what happened to the anti-war left. And I referenced this the last time you're on because it's such a great video. But I literally watch it like this is like the same thing. It's, it's just their it's, commune. Yeah. Yeah. It's people talking out their ass and not having no idea that like just how unaware and ironic all the all the things they're saying are. <laughs> right. Well, you know, you know, some, you know, something, too. I, I think it is qu- it is quite possible that 
that you know small group of women, maybe there are maybe like 10 of them, 10 or 12 of them, it might be possible that every single white person they've come into contact with has been an asshole that's like right. that. You know, that, 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 <laughs> that, that that's very possible. But, you know, in the same way that, you know, if uh, if every single, you know, Chinese person I came into contact with was an asshole, if I were to say, oh, look, I got to get the fuck away from Chinese people, like <laughs> I'm just done. You know, people would call me out and be like, well, hold on. Hold on a second. Right. You know, you, there are a lot of a lot of good, uh, you know, a lot of good people out there. But, uh, you know, I, I think, I, you know, I think one of the issues, too, like, you know, like it, of course, of course, of course, of course you were going to hear the word microaggression. Of course, oh, of course. that word was going to and come safe up. safe space. Those are the two yeah, that had to yeah. be there. Yeah, and, you know, w- when you're dealing with something where, you know, so much of it is just subjective and how you're reading a situation, you know, and if you can, you can read it any way you want, you know? So, you know, it, it's, not, it's not that you're the type of person who is seeing a racist action in someone else and you're responding to it. And then the other person who you think is a racist is like, why the why is this person being a jerk to me? I didn't do anything. <laughs> right. it, it, it's, you know, maybe it's like this, um, you know, the, this sort of a snowball effect where, yeah. you know, it just becomes worse and worse. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I don't know, man. I don't want to, I don't want to hit like two below the belt, but you know, do it. it I, I mean, they were, it looks like they were doing yoga, but I, I don't <laughs> know what the diets are like. You know, a vegan diet and doing yoga. That's, that was the, uh, <laughs> that was what they were promised. That's what they were touting. Which, which doesn't mean you're going to lose weight. You know, it, it's just, it just doesn't. And like, you know, like I said earlier, I've been on this like diet, but I've been on a high fat, uh, high meat diet, you know, kind of a keto paleo sort of thing going okay. on. And, uh, you know, drop some, drop some pounds. Maybe that's what they need. You know, yeah, put a little butter and matcha in your coffee. That's what I take in the morning now. There you go. You do you do that. Uh, what's it like the, uh, yak butter or some, some I use like the, that? I use Kerry gold. Whoa. Support my proud Irish ancestors and their Kerry Gold butter, which is there you I, go. I'm told better butter, but I think it's just better bullshit marketing. But it's got my wife on board, so whatever. She does the shopping. <laughs> you got to get that Irish ethno state, you yeah, know, going on I right think, there, I, I, dude. We already have an Irish ethno state. It takes place on uh, on March 17th. It's, uh, it's coming up pretty soon. <laughs> oh, but uh, St. Patty's Day is kind of lame in, in L.A. It's a different. It is, yeah. it is pretty. And I agree. And I, but I do an all day drinking thing. I'll, I'll be up with Mark Clare, who also uh, you know, is one of the hosts on this podcast. A bunch of our buddies. We go. We're drinking at 6 a.m. and uh, just power through all day. So we make it into a special affair. <laughs> but I do hate that it's Saturday this year because that's like uh, that's amateur hour. You know, yeah, I yeah. like to go on a weekday when I know it's just me and the alcoholics. No to yeah. handle their shit. Nobody's starting fights. Right on. Well, you know, just talking about like like the ethno, uh, you know, you know, talking about ethno states like in general, like, you know, even looking back on, you know, this, you know, piece of garbage kid who, you know, uh, shot up the school. Yeah. You know, reports came out, you know, soon thereafter that, oh, he was a, a white supremacist and trained with white supremacists and, you know, blah, 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 which was later debunked. Right. And for me, I was like. Wow, how desperate are white supremacists that they're allowing someone whose last name is Cruz <laughs> right. into it? You know, it was like, wow, man. You know, for for a moment, it was almost like, hey, you know, maybe they're they're opening their minds a little bit. And bringing <laughs> you were, that's, I like that. That's where you brain went. You're like, you're yeah. like, hey, good for the white supremacists. Yeah, <laughs> they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're brought some they're more brought, people in. <laughs> yeah, you know, now the next thing we need is you know just uh, you know a. Uh, you know, a shooter to come out of this, uh, you know, black women's retreat, you know, and it's like, oh, they're opening it up a, a little bit. Heck, finally, that's maybe that's what they're doing there. Maybe they're doing it's like yoga to limber up for the uh, the terrorist cell that they're building to slip under the barbed wire. 
You never know, man. Never, ever know. (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's wrap it up on that note. Uh, So, guys, I want to thank Lou Perez for being here with me. Uh, Always fun to have you on the show, Lou. And uh, plug away. Like, give give some plugs to these people. Sure. Well, uh, thank you so much for, I'm sorry, I just clapped right there. I don't know if you heard that one. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for, for having me back. I really appreciate it. I hope you, you know, hope your fans enjoyed it. I hope whoever it was that asked me back will, will, will ask for me to come back again. Somebody named great Nicholas time. Cruz. Not sure. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Um, should have had you on earlier. They I know. Missed I know. That window. Missed the opportunity. Oh, son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you guys can check out We The Internet TV on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, YouTube, of course. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Lou on the Subway and on Facebook, too, Lou Perez. Uh, You know, check me out. And uh, uh, I love uh, feedback and responses. If there's anything you guys like, let me know. Anything you you might want us to cover, let me know, and uh, I'll see what I can do. All right, there you go. So, guys, I want to remind you all, while I've got you, that you can check out all of our uh, podcasts. Just go to lionsofliberty.com. We've got all of our pods there. You can go check out the archives. Of course, you can support the show if you want to become a patron. And uh, Lou and I are going to do a little little talky talk after the uh, this official pod ends. And that's on our patron program. So you go to lionsofliberty.com forward slash support. Or you could grab a T-shirt. You know, we got some designs. Uh, one of them, I, I promise, will make your pecs or breasts look look great. Uh, I believe it's a, an Electric Liberty Land T-shirt. V-cut really pumps up the pecs. So check that out as well, guys. Uh, and, of course, Mark Claire on Mondays with his in-depth interviews on Liberty. Check that out. John Odie Oderman on Fridays with Felony Fridays. That's also good stuff. So for me, guys, Brian McWilliams here. And from Electric Liberty Land, always stay plugged in to liberty. Liberty.